Hi, my name is Similana, and welcome back to the podcast. This week, we're going to call upon two principles that are at the root of the moral journey, of the journey of improving yourself as a human being through the lenses of the Torah, through the lenses of the Jewish mission. And then we'll wrap it together with sort of a message or a added dimension to the daily prayers, specifically within the Amidah, the Shemona Esra, that prayer that people say silently. One of the first brachas that sort of come up is asking God for wisdom, for knowledge, for inspiration, for insight, whatever it may be. And this has always struck people as a bit strange. When you're praying to your God, the first thing you ask is to be smart. Well, hopefully within the discussion that we're going to bring out at the beginning, we're going to have an answer that will fall from that to why that is so vital to be our first calling to God each time we pray. Why is knowledge so vital? So let's jump right in. The reason this topic came to mind is because in this week's parasha, we are told things will happen around you as people, good things and bad things, and you're called upon to take them to your heart, to return them to your heart. Now, this metaphor is used in other places as well, where the Jewish people are doing things that are paradoxical. They're using wood to serve idols without getting into a discussion of the moral depravity that was involved in ancient pagan rites but they would use that very word to serve Hashem. And there was something contradictory there, and the prophet would call upon them to return to your heart. Now, let's think about it. This idea is being used in this week's parasha as well, that when things happen around us, good things and bad things, we will return them to our heart, and we will be better for it, and we will act better. This metaphor that's being used, Rav Hirsch points out, it's, it's, it's being used in an active term. You're actively taking something external and putting it internal. And if we think about it, this calling upon us to return to our hearts, things that happen in the external world, and we bring them in, it's an active term once again, you bring them in to who you are, and then it allows you to act differently. And based off that bringing in, you act differently. To reflect on something is the metaphor that's being used here. So much of our lives is uh, entrenched in metaphor. Entrenched is a metaphor. <laughs> uh, it's like when you tell someone to think hard about something. It's, it's, it's a metaphor. We're being told here that the moral life is based off your ability to reflect. Reflection allows you to go over what has happened rather than just living in a passive way. And that really is the root of moral growth. You become better when you reflect on who you were yesterday. This doesn't only give us a direction or the, at the end of the Torah, which is, we're coming towards, those last messages from Moshe Rabbeinu, from Moses, into how to achieve this moral sanctity that we are trying to achieve. This also gives us an insight into how the Torah looks at the individual, how the internal workings of the individual are perceived from a Torah lens, from the lens of Judaism how it looks at the structures of experience. There's the external world, and there is a you. And you are the judge. You are the one who has to act. It doesn't mesh these two worlds together. It looks at you as a distinct individual who is choosing based off what he experiences in the external world. But this really brings us on to our second point. I've mentioned it before, but it really fit in now. There's a concept in Jewish thought of a Yetzirah and a Yetzirah your good inclination and your bad inclination. So what Rav Hirsch does is very similar to what he does here. He sort of takes a stand against a certain tendency to forgo responsibility. Like in this week's parasha, he pointed out that it's, you're actively bringing it in. The external world is happening and you are actively impressing it upon yourself and thereby 
moving you, motivating you to act differently, reflecting on your life, and then you have a position to be able to act differently. The concept of a Yetzirah and a Yetzirah, a good inclination and a bad inclination, can often be a, not an excuse, that's the wrong word, a way of foregoing personal responsibility. Language can be used, it wasn't me, it was my... It was my Yetzirah, my bad inclination that sort of drove me towards this. Rav Hirsch uses the language once again to stand against a misconception. Like when it comes to reflecting, there is something in the external world and you reflect upon your heart. You bring it back to your heart and thereby you act differently based off that reflection. The term Yetzirah, unlike the idea of a Hashavah which is active, which is you doing it, Yetzirah and Yetzirah, those are passive verbs. The verb itself, to form, but what is being formed here? It isn't forming something, as the misconception would have you think, forming you either to do good or to do bad. Rather, it's a passive verb. It is being formed, like clay is formed. It's a bit of an abstract idea, but what he brings out is that this idea of Yetzirah and Yetzirah aren't actively doing anything. The language is wrong. Those aren't things that are doing anything. It's not like there's this evil demon on your shoulder and your conscience on your other shoulder that are forming the you. No, they are the things being formed. Once again, looking at it from the internal structure of how we look at the world, you are the one forming them. It puts the focus on the you, thereby the responsibility on the you. That can be empowering. Once again, just to re-articulate this idea, like when it came to reflection, it is an active concept that you are taking the external world, you are reflecting upon it, and you are acting differently. When it comes to this concept of Yetzirah and Yetzirah, those are passive words. They aren't forming anything. They are being formed. And who is forming them? You are the one forming them. You are forming the world you experience either to good or for bad. Once again, putting the locus of control with you. So to articulate both these ideas, the word vahashevoisa is an active term, to reflect, to bring back, because there is the you bringing the external world in and reflecting upon it, and thereby being called upon to act differently based off this knowledge. So that is our first pillar. Our second pillar is this concept of Yetzirah and Yetzirah, often looked at as something that is pushing you or nudging you in different directions to do good or to do bad. Rav Hirsch takes a stand here and says, no, they're not actively doing anything because the language doesn't work like that. They are in the passive. They are not forming, they are being formed. Thereby, once again, putting the locus of control, putting the power, putting the responsibility with you. What are you doing? You are forming for good or for bad. The world that appears to you as potential, you form it for good or for bad. So those are the two pillars. The two pillars of the moral life. The one, being able to take in the external world and reflect upon it, and thereby being able to put it out, either for good or for bad. And you are called upon in this week's parasha to reflect, thereby hopefully forming the world that we experience for good. So, wrapping up now, when it comes to tefillah, Rav Hirsch points out, why do we ask for knowledge? Why do we ask for wisdom when it comes to the beginning of our prayers? Why does it take such a prominent place? And Rav Hirsch explains that the moral life is dependent on your ability to interpret the world that we experience. If you have the facts wrong, you can't deliberate. You can't act correctly. One who doesn't take time to know the facts on the ground is morally responsible for his 
immoral actions based off faulty data. You have to take the data in. The data comes in and you, it is your job to interpret the data. But you have to have good data. That's why when we call upon God the first thing in the morning and thank him for the one who gives us das, without breaking up the different types of knowledge in a very basic way, we're thanking God. We're calling upon ourselves to remember that we want to be able to take the external world in as it is. Because if you haven't done that responsibly, then you are responsible for what comes out afterwards. And once again, to sort of connect it to the moral journey, the language of ignorance refers to someone who doesn't have knowledge. The language of foolishness refers to someone who doesn't have wisdom. And you kind of need both. But knowledge, once again, refers to facts on the ground. Wisdom, on the other hand, is more integrated into the personality and the character of the individual. For example, an arrogant individual doesn't have wisdom because he doesn't give all the data the correct amount of weight. An impatient person doesn't have wisdom because they're not able to deliberate and think. These, well, obviously this is a longer discussion about the distinction, but a Jew wakes up in the morning and articulates both these are needed. And that idea orientates you for the day. And to wrap up, I'll just give an example of this, these two principles and this last principle in inaction. A person is walking down the street. He sees someone hitting someone else, at which point it is his job to move and act. Now, the question is, how should he act? He can either act for good or act for bad. Now, what is key here? What exactly is happening? Is the one man beating up the other man? Or is the one man trying to stop the other individual from choking? Now, as you can imagine, this truly matters. Because you as an individual have to act now. You have to find out the information as best you can. And then when you act, you either act to help or you act to hinder. That's the calling of this week's parasha. Because we have to reflect on the things we've done and the way we act. And hopefully, in the future, just improve. And that's the religious calling. And wisdom really is entrenched in this idea of reflection. So we see this interconnected matrix of these ideas creating the type of person that Tyra wants to create. So to recap these three ideas, I suppose, the first one is the idea of reflection, being key to the moral life, being key to the calling of Judaism, your ability to reflect on the world around you, bring it back into yourself, and then act differently is a cornerstone of being a good person. But also we spoke about the idea of what is a Yetzirah and a Yetzirah and how both these ideas not only give an empowering story about the individual, but also give us an insight in how Judaism looks at the internal structure of our experience. And then we wrapped off with an appreciation of why knowledge is so key on this journey. Thank you very much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos.